there will be a spiritual Holy Ghost takeover, Lord God, where you will pour out your spirit across the broad face of the earth on all flesh this morning. Break that cycle of darkness, break that cycle of stronghold of evil influence on people that cause them to go with the occult, God, go with the false, the tie, caught up in the systems of this world and appeasing the flesh of the eye yes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, Lord God, have this influence many to get uh, to get caught up in this materialistic world, this realm, oh Lord God, the temporary blessings, oh God, but Father, you have eternal blessings, and we are praying this morning that every soul out there, every living being out there, Lord God, will desire to live and not die, God, and turn to you, God, through your son, Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross, we pray this morning, Lord God, for all who have not repented that this will be the day of salvation unto the Lord, where the Holy Ghost will convict someone today, God, and they'll turn their life over to you, God, and cry out to you. God, we're praying that it start from the highest offices in the country and the nation and the world, God, and sprinkle all the way down. Let those leaders out there, God, be an example, oh Lord, of the power that cannot resist the power of God. We ask you to start this morning, Lord God. <clears throat> With the kings, oh God, and queens, oh God, and all these dictators and these people that sit in these high positions, oh God, let them this morning fall under the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, fall in humility, fall in brokenness because of broken out of contrite spirit. You will not despise. There's never been an empire, Lord God, that has outlast your empire, Lord God. Thank God, you are supreme. You're the preeminent Christ, Lord. You were in the beginning. There's no beginning or end to you, God. You are everything in between, God. All power belongs to you. You are all powerful, all knowing, all present. God, we're praying in the name of Jesus that those king hearts that you hold in your hand, that you turn them this morning, yes. whatsoever way you please. And we believe, God, that you can turn the stiff neck, can turn the heart hearted. You can bring brokenness, oh God. You can humble them, oh God, before the very presence of God. You have a perfect track record. You're faithful in your promises, oh God. You're faithful to do what you said you're going to do, God. Oh, bring them low, Lord God, that you brought us, Lord God. We humble ourselves, humble them, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we give you Amen. praise, Lord, and honor, Lord God, for just the powerful outpouring of your spirit on today as we move towards celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God, let his higher, his love not be in vain. Let it not be taken for granted, Lord God. Let us not put off today for tomorrow, Lord God, because this is not promised. But Father, we're praying for world evangelism. We're praying for worldwide salvation. We're praying for world repentance, oh Lord God. Everyone who don't know Jesus and have not repented and asked for forgiveness of their sins. God, I pray that the love of God will minister to them right now. Put it on the wings of the Spirit, Lord God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, <clears throat> let salvation, Lord God, shower these places, these dry places, God. We speak to those dry spiritual bones that they come alive and connect and live, Lord God. Let another, let another, let not another Christmas celebration, God, go by without somebody getting saved by that something. the ornaments and the light shows but God is about the death of the birth of the one who died for our sins Lord God a son that was God given God a child that was born Lord God a wonderful counsel mighty God everlasting by the prince of peace Lord you said his name shall be called Manuel calling Jesus name of Jesus oh God we're praying how that, 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 that name will be preached this year God that that name be exalted and that people will know God as we say often God he's the real reason for this season not just this season but every 
every season. He's yeah. in style, Lord God. He never yeah. goes out of style. He's out there every day, Lord God, can be a day of salvation unto the Lord because of Jesus. We love you this morning. We praise you this morning. We honor you this morning. But in Jesus' name, God, we just ask you to have your way this morning. And we continue to pray for all those we've been praying for. Yes. God, we're just praying today that God and I will go on our appointments. God, it yes. will be just a blessed day today and yesterday. Good news, good reports. We're praying for everyone that we previously prayed for. God, in the name of Jesus, that you save, that you touch, that you heal, that you deliver. Whatever the need is that you meet it today, God, is our prayer today in the name of Jesus as our kids are wrapping up for us getting ready to go out on Christmas break. We're praying in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that they stay focused, oh Lord God. We're praying that the parents stay focused, Lord God. Stop probably not take a day off from being vigilant and watching, Lord God, because danger is lurking in the midst, oh God. And we're binding up all the work of the enemy now as he got them in his sights, oh God. Let them let not their guard down, God. We pray that the edge of protection cover with the blood of Jesus over this little break that they're about to receive. Let them not go crazy, Lord God. And but put a heads of protection around them, shield them, oh God, protect them, oh God. Always our prayer today in Jesus' name. We'll continue to pray for Mr. Wayland's release, Lord God, and negotiate continue. We're praying for Ms. Goodness, whatever mental health training that she needs, Lord God. We're praying that it be a success, and we're praying that the pundits and those pointing fingers and judging this administration, Lord God, the Father, that you would put a, a humbling spirit upon them, Lord God, that they would get behind this administration and help them and support them to do everything they can to release those prisoners who are in these foreign countries, God. We're just thanking and praising you for them coming home to their families. Lord God, sooner than later is our prayer, God. And we're praying for those migrants that just not showed up at the border down in Texas, that they be treated with basic dignity and respect, Lord God. How come about these people that are running, Lord God, from from crazy leadership, Lord God, that is killing people, murdering people, even as we're seeing in the streets of Iran, the second person has been hanged, oh Lord God, because they protested the government. God, we're just praying for your divine intervention in all these places and the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are afraid that we become a country that do more than pass legislation for same-sex marriage, but God, we take into consideration all the real problems that are going on in our country, that we not create other problems, Lord God. So, Father, we just give you praise for and honor in Jesus thank for your divine intervention amen and amen there's some intercession going on this morning praise the lord well all right then amen praise the lord praise the lord let's get started here this morning i'm just feeling it this morning amen all them my bones shut up like fire so y'all stand by here yes lord muted Then. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, dada, dada, everybody, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Lustin Sharon Hayes here this morning, <clears throat> New Freedom Christian Ministry this morning. I'd just like to welcome all of you this morning to the Tuesday morning, creating a prayer culture for God this morning. Amen. It's just a beautiful day that the Lord has made that we still can gather together and rejoice and be glad in it and take care of the business at hand, which is to pray, amen. Men are always to pray and not faint, amen. And we believe that when we pray as God's people, that God forgives, he forgives our sin and he heals our land, which need a lot of healing right now. <clears throat> There's a lot of things going on right now. And some of them are unthinkable, amen. But, but those are realities out there. And God is all about taking the unthinkable, amen, and turning it around and working it out together for our good. All those that love God, 
amen, know that there's nothing too hard for God. Things are possible with man as they try to figure it out in their little finite mind. God has already got a plan, amen. We need to tap into that plan. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning as we gather together, Lord. We're pursuing your way of doing things, knowing, confident, Lord, hoping that you would add whatever we need, Lord God, in this life, Lord God, to sustain us and to keep us and keep us focused and rooted and grounded, Lord God. Hallelujah. Obeying you and keeping your commandments, oh, Lord God, and teaching others, transgressors your ways. We're just praying this morning for the enabling of the Holy Ghost this morning, Lord God, as we deal with these issues and these matters that are before us, these petitions that we lift up to you, Lord God. And we're just praying, Lord God, you just continue, Lord God, to pray our out your spirit on all flesh, Lord God. You continue to save, to heal, to deliver, Lord God, to rescue, restore. God, just be God is all we ask this morning. Be faithful, Lord God, as you are always faithful, Lord God, to your promises, God, that our hope remains in you, our confidence remains in you. As we come together this morning, God, I'm praying that you bless every family on this line this morning. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we put our names in that parenthesis, oh God, where you sent your word, Jesus, to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction, Lord God, is it for us and our household, we have declared we're going to serve the Lord. So, Father, we pray this morning for every household, God. We're praying this morning for every family that's going to be restored. We're praying, Lord God, every state, every city, every nation, every tongue, every tribe will come to know the power of Almighty God in this season, Lord God. Let this be the season, oh God. We celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Let this be the season that the gospel be preached, oh God. Let this be the season where the labor, labor and love to get the message out, God, because you want every creature out there to hear the good news of the gospel and have a chance to know the truth and the truth makes them free, God. And so we're praying that this be an outreach effort this season because there's such a great need, God. Souls, God, salvation, God, is needed more than anything, Lord God. And so, Father, we're praying that this be the day, this be the season, this be the beginning of an outpouring of the Spirit of Christ, the wisdom and knowledge of God will be preached, oh God, the Word of God, to the people of God. No more plan, no more showmanship, Lord God, no more entertainment. Lord God, no more progressive begging, but God, a humbling of those leaders, those real leaders taking a stand and preaching the name of Jesus, lifting up the name of Jesus, Lord God, not their own name, not their own ministry, but oh, humbly, God, lifting up the name of Jesus, oh, Lord God, and you can draw men and women to you, God, if you be lifted up in this year, if you said, I'll draw all men. God, you want your sheep to be fed, and we're praying that under shepherd will feed your sheep. God, do what it is we've been called to do, separated, consecrated, and sanctified by that word, which is truth to do, that others too, God, may come into a relationship with you. This is our prayer today, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we thank and praise you now, Father, for sending out those labors, oh God, because they're few, God. We pray for it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, then we'll praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into the word this morning. Not going to be before you long this morning. Amen. Do have a couple of appointments that we're going to run off on here this morning uh, pretty early. Amen. So we're just praying for traveling grace and mercy and a good report and favor from God on those appointments for Pastor Sharon and I and anyone else today that has an appointment. All right, we're going to pick up the day in our study. Amen. We, um, over in the book of Second John, the first chapter, we've been dealing with verse four. Primarily, this particular verse takes us uh, the, the parts uh, B and C of this particular verse deals a lot with the word of God, the truth of God, the commandments of God, and uh, this is why this particular thirteen verses in this particular chapter and book is so powerful because it places a lot of emphasis and focus on the word of God. Amen. The scriptures. Amen. And we know that without the word of God, and I'm not just talking about, you know, 
all these different translations out here. But I'm talking about the real, unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. In other words, the inspired word of God, that word that has been divinely inspired by God, meaning breathed out of God's nostrils into the nostrils of man, that word, that food for the soul, different kind of word. And, and verse 4 talks about, you know, it says, I rejoice greatly that I found our children walking in truth. Now, you can take that as the children of God. You can take that as this latest household. You can take this as every household. This is what God is looking for. He's looking for us and our children to walk in truth. And if we walk in truth, there's a strong possibility that our children will walk in truth. He says, walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. So we receive everything we need. We receive the spiritual nourishment. Nobody can make that excuse. If they don't have access, it's because you're not looking for access. The word of God is near us. It's in our mouth. It's just it's right there. You know, we got churches like I think I heard Pastor Eric say in his comments that you got six, seven churches on every corner. So it's not a lack of churches. It may be a lack of churches presenting the word of God to people in a simple, you know, pure, unadulterated, infallible form, speaking the truth in love without compromise, because that's the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. Paul said that. He said, You can't be ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of it, you know, because it ain't no more me. It's the Christ in me. And he said that, that that gospel is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except they be a preacher? And how can you preach except you be sent? All these folks elevated by groups and the Saras and, you know, and the Illuminati and all these groups of elevated people, man, who don't have a clue what the gospel is about. They, they make up something to say because they got people out there, man, that love somebody to come and tell them what they want to hear each and ear. And see, when the gospel goes out, the Bible says that word, it is so quick and powerful. It's sharpened in the two-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing and separation of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It's a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. Why? It's because it's inspired by God. It's powerful because it's breathed out by God. And that's what's missing out there. That's why people, you don't see a whole lot of brokenness these days in the church. Now you see a lot of crying and booing and all that. It's because they feel guilty. But is, it bringing, is that bringing repentance? Yeah. People don't even offer invitations to people anymore. They, they, just, they just love to see them, you know, crying and all that. They think, now they, they think they're preaching. That, that they're doing stuff. Well, you ought to be discerning that, that, you know, that there may be some sin in there. You know, may, 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 may need to have them repent. But we just preach, preach, preach and get four or five amens. And then we take up the offering, man. And now we... We, we put some chairs out. We call it open the doors of the church. Why not just offer people salvation? Sometimes people may not want to come up and have you air their business. Sometimes you might just need to say, I know you're in here. Uh, if, if you, you know, you need to repent, just raise your hands, close your eyes, do, do whatever you need to do. The focus is not on your preaching. The focus is on the word of God convicting people, the presence of God convicting people with the word of God. Remember, it's quick and powerful. And so, amen, we just, we just, we just, you know, we just thank the Lord, amen, for the word. He says, I rejoice greatly that I found our children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. So if you receive a commandment from the Father, that equips, that gives the ability to walk in truth. You know, as we receive it, have to receive it. It says, you know, and so she and her children walk in truth and obedience to God. If you're walking in truth, that's the first step of obedience to God. Keeping those commandments, soul winning, you know, that's how we're going to be able to do it. And so we were talking about, you know, we got down here in, uh, in, um, down into, uh, the, the word of God, 
you know, talking about the, the food for your soul. And uh, we going to pick up, we talked about walking in truth. We talked about the word of God, his commandments, describe how we describe them, the word describes what they are. The word of God is commandments, uh, you know, the desires. You know, just everything is centered around the word, the word of God. You know, these commandments must be kept. You know, we went through all that. The word of God, the book of ages. Uh, I mean, you just look at the word. It just goes and goes. It just keeps giving and giving. You know, that food but the soul. You know, the word of God is finally inspired. And uh, this morning, we're going to just pick up what we left off at. And I think the last verse we went over was in the book of uh, first, Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 21, the King James Bible. And, 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 and we'll just re restate this word right here and then we'll go from there. It says, but the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So they didn't just come up with something to say to make because the people wanted them to say something. No, these men were chosen by God, picked out by God, consecrated by God, set aside for a sacred purpose. And God didn't just pick them. He inspired them. He breathed some things on them, some revelation on them. And they knew that it was of God. They knew it wasn't of themselves. They knew that they could not come up with this type of divine inspiration. And thank God that they yielded to the, to the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they blazed the trail for the gospel, the sake of the gospel. But they had help. They had received the spirit of Christ. They had been sealed. They had been filled. They had been given power to be a witness, an effective witness, because it wasn't them. It was the Christ Paul said in us that made them not ashamed. And so he says it right there. It, it came in time, you know, in old times, but not by the will of man. Okay. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So they had a help of the paraclete of the spirit of truth that God promised that he would send. Okay. And, and he did send them. And he said, after that, he has come upon you. Book of Acts chapter one, verse eight of the King James Bible, you shall receive power, power to be a witness, you know, power to be a witness. If you witness them without the power of the Holy Ghost and the word of God, that, that that's in vain. You know, it's got to be the word of God. And it's got to be the spirit of truth operating through us as believers yielded vessels, you know, to be effective. Uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1 of the King James Bible, we continue to pick up this discussion. Our focus is on the word of God, that inspired word of God breathed out. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is what we've been studying for a minute, which God gave unto him, about John, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angels unto his servant, John. So there it is right there. God chose John. Now you got to remember, everybody in that day was against John. John was the preacher. You know, they didn't want to hear what John had to say. It was to a point where they wanted to, to shut him up. They took him and put him out on the other path. Lonely place, all by itself. It was a perfect place for him to have a relationship with God, build a relationship with God. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in precarious situations and we may feel alone or lonely. You know, but hey, spend that time getting to know God. See, see if that's what God placed that God prepared for you so that he could actually get your attention. Sometimes people are very good at, I call it faking it to make it when they run a crowd. They can put on a show. You know, but sometimes when you listen to what they're saying, I, I just sometimes beg to differ that they actually spent time and got that from God. Sometimes you can tell people just make up stuff. <coughs> And then they'll tell you to say amen, and you say you do exactly what they tell you to do because you said, I got to obey the pastor now. I got to obey the bishop now. 
Bishop said, say amen. You know, he didn't want three amen. I can do that. You know, but see, when the Holy Ghost shows up in the place and when, when that anointing connects, when, when the Holy Ghost is in the place and he quickens the vessel that he's going to use, it is no doubt, should be no doubt in your mind when it's God speaking and when it's man speaking. Let me tell you how to how to how to how to how to how to be able to determine that or make it easy for you to say. If you have a personal Bible, open up your Bible when you're in church and see if they preaching from the Word. If you don't have your Bible, then guess what? Anything they say might sound like gospel. This is what has gotten a lot of people, man, in worse shape than what they were in before they ever went to the church. Because when it don't go down like they say, you mad. You mad, but you're mad at God. I heard what the preacher said. It's been five years. It ain't happened yet. Well, it, the Bible said this is how you know a false prophet. Nothing they say come to pass. But see, when they're giving you the word of God, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, King James Bible, he says, so shall my word be to go forth out of my mouth. And so if I work for God and the Holy Ghost is in me, he owned my mouth to speak. And if the word is in me, it's going to come out of me. Why? Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So we hide the word in our heart that we don't sin against God. In other words, we don't say thank God and give us a say and thank that God. And there's a lot of people who do that. They're very good with oratory skills. They're very good with philosophy. They're steep in historical precedent. We, we, we see that this is what Paul was dealing with in the Corinthian church. And Paul said, you know, I did not come to you with excellency of speech. Paul was an educated man, but he didn't go with that. He had been changed on the road to the master. He dropped all them credentials. And he said, I didn't come to you with my philosophy anymore. I didn't come to you with excellent speech. I didn't come to you with enticing words. I didn't come to you with the doctrine of men that had made the glorious gospel of no effect. I came to you with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. Now, that's how you witness the gospel. Or for the gospel. Or with the gospel. Because he's the one that causes it to quicken the ears of the hearer. And convict them. So you see, he, he says it right there. The revel but you gotta have that revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show uh, unto his servants. Now we're servants of God. We we know a lot of people out there got titles and they they want people to serve them. A lot of times you can miss God just by having people serve you. Let me tell you something. It's a very humble servant who would tell people, uh, oh, don't serve me, serve God. A lot of times these 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 these, these title wearers, they want more people serving them. They want more people doing everything for them. And they think they're entitled. They think they have a right. You don't need all that entourage of people that's misled, misinformed. Running out to the car, opening the door, taking your shoes. You got five pair of shoes, slide for this, slide for that, feel for this, you know, pocket, big old pocketbooks and all that, you know, makeup kit, getting all that stuff out the car, the back seat, the trunk, taking it in your office, getting you ready to go out there, man, and look good on stage. And got all these people confused, fighting over each other, jealous of each other. And they call my armor bells, you know, my, my whatever. I've been there, done that, my wife. We know what that's about. But she ain't none of that in the Bible. It may be in the church, but they ain't in the Bible. That ain't the gospel. That, that's not the service that God is talking about. It should be the other way around. Because you say you're the greatest, but you should be the one that served the most. You might meet some of them out there and take their stuff in one day. I don't, I don't know. 
But we got this thing all backwards, you know, man. He said, you know, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Excellent example here, man, what John wrote down for us by learning. So we wouldn't make all these mistakes, help eliminate a lot of these mistakes, you know, a lot of this confusion. A lot of people are confused. They'll tell you. I talked to people in church, man, and they would tell you in a minute, man, that they were confused. They didn't understand. And I said, well, you know, was it in the Bible? Well, I didn't have my Bible. That's where I made my mistake. You're right. See, the word will correct you. It'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Anytime you got a person coming out of a conference, come out and they call you, they're getting in contact with you, and they're running questions by you, and they're saying, because I was just totally confused by what it said. And when you try to tell them, well, let me tell you this, confusion is not of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor? The Bible says confusion is, is of the devil, it's not of God. So if you was confused and a confident, you paid, then that must, must not have been God talking. And people find it hard to believe. But they give so much precedent to the to tile where the, the, the person, you know. Well, well, you know, all them people that it that don't mean nothing. There was a whole bunch of folk came to hear Jesus, but not everybody there, you know, heard what he said. Some heard him rejected and they left. Some got converted. You know, so everybody who hear the gospel ain't gonna hang on believe the gospel. We we see that going on right now. But still, nevertheless. It's still the inspired word of God. It makes it known that it inspired a power just because some people walk away or reject it. That's what it's doing, what it said. He, he said it was going to do. In the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 13, King James Bible says this right here. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, and this is John, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. In time you heard it. Okay, John heard it from that time forward. You know, boom, what he's writing. You know, John is good to go now because he, he, you know, him being on the Isle of Patmos turned into a beautiful thing. <laughs> he wasn't going to die out there alone. But he was going to be used by God. You know what I'm saying? You, you, the thing is, no matter where I am, church, out of church, sitting in my wherever I am, I need to hear God. I hear people, but I don't want to hear people who ain't heard God. It's not going to do me any good. But this is where a lot of people are at. They're hearing people taking their advice. That's all they're doing, giving advice, watered-down advice. It's not inspired of God. And if you know the scriptures, if you get your Bible, you can tell it's not of God. Hmm. And he says, saying unto me, right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saying, I mean, say it's the spirit. That's not little spirit. That's the spirit of God, Holy Ghost that they may rest from their labors, plural, more than one, whatever you're doing out there. You know, some folks think, you know, all this work they're doing, Pastor Sharon, they just loaded. They want to be on every committee. They want to do everything. You know, they want to earn their way into heaven, you know. And it says, from their labors, obviously that was a problem. You can't work your way in there. And their works do follow them. So you want to make sure the work you're doing is the work that counts. Only what you do for the Lord, not people carrying shoes and pocketbooks and certain type of water and running across the street to the store to get orange do and all that, man. Them not the work he's talking about. He's talking about the work you do for the Lord. And I would tell you the number one work that you do for the Lord is you got to fear God and keep his commandments. You got to build on your personal relationship with God. You got to study God's word to show yourself approved in the God's work. You need not be ashamed. You got to serve God. You got to worship God. 
in that order before you serve and worship anybody else. You got to build your relationship for God. And you can't do it without reverence and fear of God. You got to want to live and not die so you can declare his good works. You, 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 you're supposed to be a witness. Signs and wonders for the followers who believe because, you know, we, 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 we saved. Mm-hmm. Not because I have a title, not because I got elevated promoted. You know, so he's laying it out there to us, and he said, and their works do follow them. So that's works for God or works that are not for God. All of us don't follow us. Don't have to be judged for the motive of why we did it. And to try to make an excuse then, it's going to be too late. This is why we got to get it right now. This is why the doctrine works now. This is why it reproves now. This is why it corrects now. This is why it instructs and righteousness now. So that we as men and women of God, while we're working, we want to make sure the kind of work we're going to take that's going to follow us is good work. And he goes on to say here, you know, the uh, the word of God is is is, is uh, it's written, it's supposed to be written in our hearts. You know, and if I never read it, it's never preached or taught to me, how can it get in my heart? You know, in the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 51, the King James Bible says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. There's a lot of things that have been said to Jesus' mother. Angel revisited her over in the book of Luke chapter 1 and said some things to her, verse 28. There was more things said to her. That wasn't the first time she was visited by the, by the Spirit of God. You know, she went to visit her, her, her aunt. Uh, her, her aunt Elizabeth, she said some things too about what was going on in her life. There was a lot of things that were said to her. A lot of words. It wasn't just things picked out of the sky. These were inspired things coming from people who were who were who were saved people, who were Christian people, who were people that was already baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you remember in the conversation when she was talking, all of a sudden John leaped in, in her womb, full of the Holy Ghost. That's what was in her. What was coming out of her? What was in her? And encourage me. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share His good news. Uh, so please join us. And now, let us get back to the message. God bless. And she put it in her heart and held on to it until she was there to put it across with the rest of her her family members and friends of Jesus looking up at him. Yeah, John, John the Baptist, you know, Elizabeth's son. You know, as they having a conversation that she's visiting her. You know, and just just go, uh, just go show 
that what was in her wasn't just something that they just picked out. You know, no, God was God was in her. You know, what I mean, he's already dealing with her husband. Matter of fact, he stopped him from talking because <laughs> I guess his conversation was where it needed to be. He was asking too many questions, you know. And and that's what happens sometimes. The Lord will meet you where you at. You know, but do you but do you want God or do you want this have a good feeling in church? Do you really go to church? You want me you want God to touch you? You want God to be there? I go, man, I'm praying all the way, worshiping all the way because I want to be ready when I get there to, to put present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God without spot or without wrinkle. I'm not gonna wait till I get to church and start thinking about God. I'm going to church with God on my mind, with God in my heart. You know, I already done read up, prayed up, worship all the way there. So the word of God has got to be written in the heart as we see right here as it was with Jesus' mother. That's in the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 51 of King James Bible. Also in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 8 of the King James Bible says this, but what saith it? The word, here it is now, is not even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now this is, this is powerful here. If it's the word that you preach, look where it said it'll be. If it's the word that we preachers preach, and we read in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 42, the King James Bible, we are commanded to preach the word of God to the people of God. And if we preach it, look where look look at the targeted region in a person's life here where it's supposed to land. I, I believe it's tailor made to fit these areas. I believe that this this revelation here is telling us that. That the word has a certain place where it's still I believe the word is so quick and so far so sharp it penetrates. This is where it goes. It goes to these areas right here. That's what the book of uh, uh, Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12 the King James Bible says. Look at what it says. It says but what saith it? The word, the very word now. The word is not even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach. Mm. And we preach in the word of faith that brings faith by hearing it. Look where it goes now. It has a resting place. It has a location. It has a targeted area in your life. But this is usually where most, most of the stuff takes place in our lives. You know? You know, we, we, we don't draw near to God. We don't, you know, we don't spend time in his word. And so guess what happens? They ain't going to flee from you. you he, he's going back and forth looking for you. And he know how you're spending your time while he's observing you. The Bible says he's a will not go to and fro, seeking whom he made the run. Somebody that ain't, 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 ain't drawing near to God, somebody that ain't picking up no word, ain't reading no word, ain't thinking about no words or some crisis out But he says, that, you know, the word is not the definitely in your mouth. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, when he was led away, April 18, 19, it said he, he knew exactly what to say. It is written, you know. Oh, get thee behind me, say. Don't you know it's written? Man should not live by bread alone, by every word that out of mouth. It was not him. It's just got to be now, just like that. How did he get there? Jesus studied that word. He spent much time listening, you know, learning that word, learning from those in the teaching that were teaching the word. And so it was not him. It was in his mouth and in his heart. The word of faith, which we preach. So preachers, that's, that's a wake-up call there. Preach the word of God to the people of God. Testify about Jesus Christ that He is the Judge of the living and the dead. You know, so if you don't, if you don't see Him, if you don't 
find him now. You you find him in, when you stand before him in judgment. He goes on to say in the book of Life, chapter three, verse sixteen, of King James Bible: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, I know that there's a lot of songs out there. People can put them lyrics together, man. A lot of times they're, they're singing about their struggles, <coughs> the aches, the pains, the hurts, the hardship. And that, that appeals to people because people can identify with that because there's a lot of hurting people out there. And music has always been one of the tools that, that the weapons that the enemy used. And it should be one of the weapons that we use. And the Lord says, you know, make a, make a, Make a sing a new song unto the Lord. You know, make melody in your heart. But now we 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 can, you know, we can we can look in the Book of Psalms, and the work has already been done basically for us. Oh no, David went through a lot of personal trauma and stuff. People wanted to kill him, jealousy, and all of that. Even himself fell short, made some mistakes, and he 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 did exactly what this scripture wanted us to do. He turned it into an opportunity to worship, get before God, cry out to God, appeal to God. And songs just began to come to him through the inspiration of the Spirit. And we love those songs, you know. And and I believe that, you know, I'm not a singer, but I sing. Mm -hmm. And I know that the things that I sing, where they come from. Because I don't have that ability. But when the Holy Ghost began to give me something, I'm not worried about what it sounds like to people. I'm not worried about it, my own beat. My I'm not worried about that. The Bible says God wants just a joyful noise. And he tells us here how that joy, that joyful noise comes to be. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Then we said now spiritual song, the one that made up in the spirit, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. But we think singing to people is the same thing as singing to the Lord. I remember, man, when I was concerned in the, in the church early on about us having a choir because people always came. If y'all had a crowd come and join y'all choir and sing with y'all, you know, we had a little, we had the voices of new freedom. We had a little, we had a little, little praise group there. But it was always seemed like there was always something that just didn't, 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 you know, didn't connect. Sometimes they want to rehearse, sometimes they didn't, you know, and so. I, you know, I began to seek the Lord. He said, you know, one day he telling me, man, he said, look, you don't need a praise team or a choir to sing to the people or to sing to the church. Every voice in there should be singing to me. It's my praise. Mm -hmm. To include you, your wife, every minister, everybody in the church. So what we started doing was providing songs on tape so everybody could sing along. And it changed the atmosphere. Because we now were one voice. He said, because your audience that you sing to is not all them people in the church or come to the church. It's me. The one audience that the church should be singing their songs and their praise to, this scripture says, in our hearts to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we started doing that. And immediately you could you could feel the presence of God filling up the place. Brokenness came in there sometimes. People began to starve sometimes. There was breakouts in there sometimes. Because God was doing what he said he would do, inhabiting the praises of his people. 
we're not there. We're supposed to be one voice crying out to God out of the songs and the melodies that the Spirit of God is, is writing in our hearts to the Lord. And then that's when the breakthroughs come. That's when the brokenness comes. That's when the healing comes. That's when the convictions come. That's when the crying out comes. Now, man is beginning to die to himself. And God is initiating something in man that brings alive the presence of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. It's free. You know, it's, it's like that, that sacrifice is being consumed now by the, by the, by the, by the power, the, the fiery power of God. Just like it was in, in, in the ceremonial worship, they set it afire and it burned up and the odor went up to God. <laughs> well, when we're praising God in one voice, we get consumed, and it's not us. It's God consuming us. He sets us afire. He sets us ablaze, you know? And there's a certain aroma that goes up to God, a certain sound that goes up to God. I can tell you what that sound is. It's one voice crying out to God, you know, out of the heart. And so it says it right there, you know, grace in your hearts to the Lord, that one audience, many voices crying out to him as one voice. In spiritual harmony and unity. All right, then that's in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 16, the King James Bible. But look where it starts at now. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, and so on. It's just telling you, man, how it starts. You can't exclude the word and think you're going to go and worship God. Got to have that wisdom. You got to understand, you know, what God requires. In the book of First Thessalonians, amen, um, chapter 2, verse 13, the King James Bible says this, but this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Oh, interesting. It's not going to work in you if you don't believe. I don't care how many scriptures you have. If you don't believe them scriptures, the first one, it's not going to work in you. Just having it and not believing it, it's not going to work. This is what he's saying. Paul writing this letter to the Thessalonian church. I believe they had a ton of scriptures. I believe they had great orators, great speakers, great philosophers all up in that church. If you read the, the first and second letter of it, you'll see that. All these churches had had that problem. They had people coming and going. That's why Paul said, I didn't come like they came. Philosophers, you know, orators, they had all that. Paul said, I did not come like they came. You know, I came by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I came because the Father sent me. I came in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. You know, and he's saying, hey, for that cause now, you know, we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, you know, everybody by now had heard about Paul and Peter and everybody, you know, man, them jokers done something happened. They done been with the Lord. They come and I speak with the tongue of the earth. They're not, they're not, they're not the same guy. They're not getting it. Something happened. They done, they done, you know, that, that, that tongue has been, been changed. I ain't coming with that condemning, you know, see the message. They're speaking with the tongue of the learned now. They done been with the Lord. 
know, even even a gift of Paul, Paul almost that persuaded me to be a Christian. The other one of the judges on the seat, high priest told Paul, he said, Paul, what is truth? <laughs> you know, if he heard it, you know, he want to know what is it that he's hearing. You know, he ain't heard that before. I'm, the, I'm, I'm in charge and I have never heard this before. It's because Paul was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. You was hearing under, under your, own, your own spirit. And the word of God is spiritually discerned. That's, what, that's the difference. And just because you're the king and you're in charge, God don't give you no power to, you know, to, to, to be able to understand without the spirit. And so he says right there, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing because, you know, we have received the word of God, which he heard of us. He received it not as, as the word of men. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't man's doctrine, it's God's doctrine, but as it is the truth because God, you know, he deals in truth, the word of God. Okay, which effectually it has an effect on you. Life chain effect if Paul is witnessing for himself here. Work is also in you that believe. Also in you that believe. Paul says, Okay, working in me, y'all remember what I used to do, what I used to say, how I used to talk? My name been changed from from, from, from Saul to Paul now. I got a new attitude. I got a new conversation. There's another word flowing out of me now. And it'll work for you too if you believe. You know, the truth is to be believed that you wanted to change it. That's in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 13 in King James Bible. Also in the book of First John, chapter 2, verse 14, the King James Bible says this, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abided in you. And ye have overcome the wicked one. Now, Paul, uh, John here is making reference to all of the spiritual fathers up until this point and their offspring, like the Davids and the Solomons and all of that. So he's, he's, he's recollecting this right here to this audience that he's speaking to right now. But he's saying, hey, the same thing should be in your generation as it was in that generation. And the next generation. It should be the same way. Because God hasn't changed. He's the same then. He's the same now. He's the same in the future. You know, he wants, you know, fathers to get sons and sons to get their son. You know, he want to bless the seed and the seed seed. And he named some generations in there uh, of those generations that he would do it, third and fourth generation. So so every generation, the Lord wants a seed bed, you know, but he wants it to just keep keep on reproducing, keep on reproducing. You know, he's raising up a, a, a cultural generation right now that, that will stand on the word. Everybody out there is not, you know, following the lie. There's some people out there, young people, that are all about the truth, walking in truth. Why? Their fathers walked in truth. Their parents walked in truth. Their ancestors walked in truth. You know, because sure enough, you know, our folks walked in truth. They had their struggle, but they walked in truth. Now that truth is resonating in us. We walking in that truth. Our children are walking in that truth. Their children are walking in that truth. It does work that way, whether we want to believe it or not. Now, yeah, we, we had our mistakes just like generations before. But see, the, the struggles we had was no match for the truth. But that's what's still standing. Remember when he said, all this other stuff gonna pass away, but my word will not pass away. It's still, it's still keeping us today. All right, so let's get ready to close here. Uh, the word of God finishes 
or, or not finish. Yeah, it finishes things, but it also furnishes a light and darkness. Mm. You know, it's just, it, it does the finish work. The word, the word of God finishes where it starts. Mm. Okay. It's a light and darkness too. It's a light and darkness. So if you have the words, there is a beginning, there's an in-between, and there's a finish. The word, it, it doesn't pass away. In other words, it's going to do what God gave it to do. It don't come back void. It will furnish light in darkness. I'm going to give you two scriptures and then we're going to close. In whom the God of this world, that's a little G, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay? So he's telling you right there. Now, this is the God of this world. All these little things that people put so much, it's blinded the people. That's the darkness. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 60, it says, look, darkness has covered the land and gross darkness the people. All these little things out here, these little gods out here, you know. And so the word of God furnishes a light in the darkness. Last verse, Second Peter, the book of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 19, the King James Bible, it says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. Stay with the word of God until God manifests himself in a personal mm-hmm. intimate way in your life. Don't compare to nobody else. Don't be looking at where nobody. You don't know how long some, some people have been working on that relationship. You just start to and continue until the Lord manifests himself in your life. He will. We don't have to prove who God is to you. God will do that himself. But we do have to share with you, you know, what he did for us and hope that that will be enough to inspire and encourage you and make you do nothing. But we can tell you what he did for us. You know, we can give him all the credit, all the praise, and hope that one day you end up doing the same thing, putting that kind of hope, trust, confidence in him too. That's what it's all about. All right, then, well, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for the word of the Lord. Lord God, we thank you that your word is inspired. We thank you that your word is food for the soul. We thank you that your word furnishes light and darkness. We thank you that your word, God, should be loved by all believers, by all saints, Lord God. Your word should be embraced. Your word should be taken as food and nourishment, Lord God, to nourish us spiritually. Your word, God, should be written in our hearts that we don't sin against you, God. And so as we look to you today, the author, finisher, and developer of our faith, we thank you for your word that has been divinely inspired, breathed out. Lord God, to be good for doctrine, to be good for reproof and correction, instruction and writing that we as men and women of God may be thoroughly friends and prepared unto every good work. Now, Father, we close this session today, God. We look to you to all the things about our faith. We say, God, use this word today, God, to go out and inspire someone, encourage someone, God, that you'll do the same thing for them that you've done for us. Let it not come back, Lord, and say, do what you please and prep what you sent it to rescue us from destruction, Lord God, and to rescue us, Lord God, and to heal us of all our sickness and disease and infirmities. This is our prayer today in Jesus name we pray amen and amen all right then well praise the lord we're going to go ahead on and transition to our comment time we'll start with pastor sharon followed by pastor and pastor and others pastor. Oh, praise 